Our first uh, scripture reading is from the book of Genesis. In fact, both will be today as we continue in my sermon series on uh, Genesis. Today we're looking at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. I'd like you to follow along with me on the screen. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The uh, author, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Cahill, has made the argument that the encounter between God and Abraham in the book of Genesis is perhaps one of the most important moments of all of civilization. Now, that's a rather strong statement to make, but he supports it by saying that in that encounter, the idea of a future was born a new nation of people. According to Thomas Cahill, the Hebrew phrase, Va Avram, which means Abraham went, are two of the boldest words in all of literature. Because in that moment, Abraham defined the nature of faith. Faith means leaving where you are and going to some place you've never been before. In other words, going without knowing, that is the essence of faith. Sometime around 2100 BC, the God of the universe appeared to an elderly man living in the city of Ur and said, go, get off the golf course, leave your family, leave your country, leave your comfort zone. Put a for sale sign up on your condo at the village's resort, Abraham, and go to the place I want you to go. And when you get there, I'll let you know. And Abraham packed his bags, including all the ibuprofen he could find. He giddy-upped his camel, and he went on a journey across the desert and into a brand new tomorrow. Now, we tend to think of Abraham as this old desert rat living under a rock somewhere, but there have been 20th century excavations of the city of Ur that showed it to be one of those most sophisticated and wealthiest nations in the world at that time. We know that Abraham was wealthy. In fact, the name of his wife, Sarah, means princess. They had a great life that they had to let go of in order to set off on a journey that only God knew where. Well, this morning, I would like for us to take a closer look at the one who is called the father of faith. And we're going to look at the call of Abraham as it comes to us this time from Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. It's our second scripture of the morning. Again, I invite you to follow on the screen. After these things... The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, 
you have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir, no one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, in your word, you have said that without faith, we can find ourselves stuck, paralyzed, and unable to move. And so we pray that you might increase each and every person's faith this morning so that we might bring honor and glory to you with our lives in 2022 A.D., just as Abraham did with his life in 2100 B.C. Through Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Time magazine once wrote that Michael Jordan is the only player in the history of the game to go up in the air not knowing what he is going to do with the ball until he gets there. Say hello to the Christian life. We are a lot like circus soleil acrobats in midair, what I'm calling today between trapezes. We've let go of the past. We don't have a firm grip on the future. There's no safety net underneath us. And so there we hang, dangling in midair, relying only on the promises of God. Abraham was 75 years old when he got the call from God. Now, most people in their 70s live lives that revolve around their families, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, their nephews. We have had baptisms here at Chestnut Level. Who were the people snapping most of the pictures of those babies? You guessed it, grandma and grandpa. Someone once said, what I most appreciate about babies is that they don't show you pictures of their grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) But God said to Abraham, leave your family, leave your relatives, free yourself from the best relationships you've ever had in life, and go to the land I will show you. Friends, faith does not grow without risk. Risking the unknown. I love what the poet Ann Weems has written. Christ said, follow me, and of course, I'd rather not. I'd rather pretend that doesn't include me. I'd rather sit by the fire and make excuses. I'd rather look the other way, not answer the phone, (laughs) bury myself in the daily newspaper. But I said yes. And that means risk. It means here I am, ready or not. And so Abraham left the security of familiarity and he took a risk to go and follow God. Now, I have a feeling that I can read some of your minds. Some of you right now are thinking, well, John, I hear what you're saying about Abraham. And I hear what you say about him going out and taking a risk to to follow God, but I'm a pretty conservative person. I'm risk averse. I'm a Presbyterian. (laughs) 
I, I'm one of the frozen chosen. As I read the scriptures in God's word, I've come to the conclusion that there's only one real way for us to live, and that is the risky life of faith. I think that we should live by saying that I heard on the radio one time, life should be lived like a cavalry charge, not like a nudist climbing over a barbed wire fence. <laughs> yeah, I get kind of getting it now, right? Yeah. The reality is we don't like change. We, we crave routine. We, we desire sameness. If you think about it, I know this is a fifth Sunday, you will probably notice that you're sitting in the same place as you did last week or last month or last year or for as long as you can remember and probably near the same people. Some of you are such creatures of habit that I can take role as I preach here from the pulpit. For many people, another word for change, though, is trauma. If you've started a new job, if your kids are enrolled in a new school, if you've moved and you're getting adjusted to the new neighborhood with new friends and you've got to get all those utilities hooked up to your new house, life has a way of moving us despite our plans, even despite our objections. And what distinguishes Abraham and makes him such an amazing example of faith is that Abraham's daring journey of faith came out of that faith in God. It says, Abraham believed God. Did you catch that? Not believed in God. It says, Abraham believed God. Mark Twain once wrote that the difference between the almost right word and the right word is really a large matter. It's the difference between the lightning bug and the lightning. <laughs> Abraham believed God so much so that he left behind the security of his former life and he placed himself and his family in God's care out of sheer obedience. So let me ask you a question. What do you think you need to do in order to become daring people who are willing to risk your lives for God? What do you need to do? Well, Abraham took a, list, a risk and he left his home and he started a new life because he had faith. And he was willing to risk following God to this new land because God had given him a vision, a vision of just how significant his little life was going to be for all the world. You see, one night this elderly shepherd stood outside and he looked up to see the stars and God said, let the Milky Way, Abraham, be the mathematical calculation in determining how many descendants you're going to have. And as soon as God said it, Abraham started looking forward to it. Friends, it is our faith that will keep us going. Yes, even in the tough times. Because after Abraham made that big move, his life was certainly no picnic. He was thrown among strangers. He was homesick. There was a famine and he probably got hungry. Not surprisingly, he and Sarah had marital problems. And I'm willing to bet that there was times when Abraham said, God, are you really with me in this? Is this land, is it going to be mine? Is this some kind of cruel joke that I fell for? 
This land, is it going to be my children someday? What are some of the areas in your life where you are tempted to not trust God? Just remember this. As you step out in faith, there is one who has come and he walks beside you and he's already been there. He already knows that it's going to be okay if you'll only walk with him every step of the way. He is one who loves you more than anyone else in the whole world loves you. And he has all the power of the universe at his fingertips. So, if you're someone who is facing a barrier this morning and you don't know how to get around it or under it or over it, I believe that God wants you to step into that wall believing that he can move it. Pretend that it is a barrier that is made of tissue paper and crash through it in the power of God. The theologian Helmut Thilike has said that in the end, God gives us nothing we ever expected, but he gives us everything that we have ever dreamed of. The last thing that I ever expected was to move to Lancaster County in 2017. And yet, over these past five years, God has given me nothing that I ever expected, but everything that I ever dreamed of. Let me pass on to you a rule of life. I'm going to call it Pastor John's observations. The moment that you set your heart on a certain place that you have to live, or a job that you have to have, or a dollar amount that you have to make, you can almost hear a chuckle coming from heaven. God says, go to the place I will show you. God says, it may be the last place you ever expected, but in that place, you will receive every dream, every dream you have ever dreamed. God says, Abraham, if you go, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Now, does that always mean, mean having to pull up stakes or roots from where you are and move geographically to someplace else? No, I don't think so. Some of us may not move geographically, but we, we may move spiritually. We may move into prayer and Bible study. We may move into calling on a sick person. We may move into inviting a friend to church. We may move into serving in other places here at Chestnut Level. Now, unfortunately, some church members don't move when they join the church. I'm reminded of a little boy who was sleeping one night and he fell out of his bed. And there was this big thud as he hit the floor and the boy started to cry and his mother ran into his room and said, what happened? The boy looked at him and said, I fell asleep too close to where I got in. <laughs> how, how many of us do the same thing? How many of us get stuck in a rut doing the same old, same old? Now, to be fair, there are times when God forces us to move. And maybe this morning you're someone here, someone watching, who is facing a transition in your life. 
Perhaps you've just graduated from college or some degree program, or you're about to be married, or you're about to have a child, or you're facing an empty nest, or you have health problems, or there's a retirement you're facing. Like it or not, you're going to find yourself in a very unfamiliar land. Again, friends, I'm here to tell you that there is no more creative place to be in all of life. Because in that moment, we must, must radically and completely depend upon God. And God always proves himself to be faithful. God said, Abraham, not only will you receive a blessing, but you will be a blessing. And through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In the second scripture reading that I read for you from Genesis 15, God gives Abraham promise after promise after promise. Over and over, God says to Abraham, I will, I will. In fact, seven times God says it. I will give you a child. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. I will give your children the land. There's a nifty phrase that the pastor Glenn McDonald uses in his book, The Disciple-Making Church. It's the phrase, you are blessed to be a blessing. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Sometimes people will ask me, John, what are you afraid of? And I usually say three things, snakes, spiders, and the IRS. Well, can I let you in on one of my biggest terrors? When I die someday, I stand before God. I worry. I'm afraid that God's going to peer over that big book, look at me and say, Hmm, Hartman, John P. Weren't you the pastor at Chestnut Level Presbyterian Church? Yeah. I put you at the helm of that vibrant, faithful congregation. What did you do with it? Now, what if I answer, well, Lord, you never saw a better set of medicine than the one we kept at our meetings. There was never a comma out of place. And we never, ever ended the year with a deficit in our budget. And everybody was always happy and comfortable all the time. And what if God says, didn't you read about my servant Abraham? And I'll say, read about him, I preached on him. (laughs) And God will say, well, then why do you live like him? Don't you realize that I accumulated so many wonderful resources in that one congregation? They had energy, experience, contacts, love, faith, and wisdom to whom much is given. Much is required. I blessed you so that you might be a blessing to the whole world. Friends, God can use you mightily to be a blessing. God may be calling you to go to, lo- to, go to lands you know not. And so use the gifts that you never knew you had. Do the things that you've never dreamed of doing. 
Be a blessing to others in ways beyond your imagining and receive God's blessing beyond anything that you have ever dreamed of. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that as Christians, we can walk boldly through the transitions of our lives, especially this morning, we treasure the words of the old hymn, while we know not what the future holds, we know who holds the future. Therefore, we will not fear, even though we may feel like that we are between trapezes, and as we hang in midair, We can know that beneath us, even though we may not be able to see it, are your everlasting arms. And Lord, we know that the best is yet to come because we hold on to the promise of the prophet Jeremiah that you spoke through saying, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. This morning, we cling to that hope and that future. Lord, we know there is no virtual tour of the Christian life. This is reality. And the demands that you place on us without explanation can be difficult. And so we pray that your strength would be with us as we teeter on the edge of a step in faith. And that whatever you ask of us, Help us to throw ourselves completely upon your mercy and into your loving and faithful hands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.